In this presentation, we will take a look at an introduction to the Coverdale Education Saving Account, the ESA. This information can be found in Publication 970. Introduction. If your modified adjusted gross income, MAGI, is less than $110,000 or $210,000 if filing joint, you may be able to establish a Caverdale ESA to finance the qualified education expenses of a designated beneficiary. For most taxpayers, the modified adjusted gross income is the adjusted gross income as figured on their federal income tax return. So just to give an example of that, if we take a look at a test 1040, we have a married individual here. The income is going to be the top portion of the return. Modified adjusted gross income is typically line 7. Or it will, the adjusted gross income will be line 7. Whenever we see that M before, it means modified adjusted gross income. Not typically an amount found on the tax return. But it's usually going to be some modification specific to whatever we are talking about. In this case here, we have a modified adjusted gross income, which is in essence the adjusted gross income found on line 7 with any kind of modification specific to the ESA. Back to the text. Total contributions for the beneficiary in any year can't be more than 2,000 no matter how many separate Coverdale ESAs have been established for the beneficiary. See contributions later. So we have that $2,000 limit. Back to the text. Tip, this benefit applies not only to higher education expenses, but also to elementary and secondary education expenses. So when we think about the ESA, we may often think about just the higher education expenses, but remember, also applies to elementary and secondary education expenses. What is the tax benefit of a Coverdell ESA? Contributions to a Coverdale ESA aren't deductible, but amounts deposited in the account grow tax-free until distributed. So when we think about the Coverdale ESA, we often don't really see the tax benefit as we put the money in, and therefore it's something that may not get quite as much of attention. But the point is that we put the money in there as the money grows, if we get something like possibly capital gains, interest dividends in uh, the savings, then the save the growth then is what could be tax-free as opposed to us when we sell something uh, if we sell stocks or bonds or something like that we typically have capital gains that we would have to recognize or the interest and the dividends if we have have them uh, in the Kevadel esa then the benefit could be that we don't need to pay the growth and the interest or the dividends or the capital gains the types of taxes that would be there if we had the money in some other area and you can think of this as basically two types of accounts. So if you had this account, the Coverdale, and then some other just savings account, you can even have them for the same purpose. Some It's for education. So the benefit of, of having something in an, in an ESA or Coverdale ESA isn't just to say, oh, this is for savings for college or something like that. That's nice, but we would do that anyways. We would put the money into a savings account. What you're going to get from, from something like this is a tax benefit, not that can be seen as easily because you're not going to get the deduction, but you, you are going to get the increase, the increase in the savings you could possibly have being tax-free as, as the earnings go up. So if one of these was in, if they were in the same kind of investment, stocks and bonds, let's say, uh, they could go up for the same amount. The one that's in the, the Coverdale would mean that the increase is not taxable. The amount of earnings could be tax-free as opposed to if we just assigned the dividends and or the accounts 
for stocks and bonds for education, just earmarked it towards education, then we may not get the benefit or won't get the benefit and would typically then have to pay taxes on the increase as it grows over time. Hopefully it will grow. Back to the text. If for a year distributions from an account aren't more than a designated beneficiary's qualified education expenses at an eligible educational institution, the beneficiary won't owe tax on the distribution. So this is going to be the key point because, of course, the, the incentive that's being given by the IRS here is to take this money and then give some type of benefit for the educational purposes. So therefore, the condition is if for a year distributions, distributions, from now the money's going out of the Coverdell ESA so we're imagining it was put in at some point in time in the past it has grown over time and then it's going to be taken out in the form of a distribution so if for a for a year distributions from an account aren't more than designated beneficiaries so a designated beneficiary that's who the of course we set up the Coverdell ESA for so if uh, isn't more than designated qualified education expenses, so it has to be, of course, in the definition of what it means to be a qualified education expenses with regard to the regulations for the Coverdell ESA at an eligible educational institution. So an, another key term, so it needs to be at an eligible educational institution. The beneficiary won't owe tax on the distribution. So we're not going to have the tax at the point in time of the distribution. So that's going to be our goal. So our goal is to put the money in and we don't get a deduction. It's, it, we're not lowering the taxes when we put it in. We're not getting the benefit kind of on the front end when we put the money in. However, the, the money that's coming out should be more than the money we put in, hopefully, if it grew. And, and we're not paying taxes on the increase. So that's really where the benefit is. So Table 7.1 summarizes the main features of the Coverdale ESA. Coverdale ESA, at a glance, don't rely on this table alone. It provides only general highlights. See the text for definitions of terms and for more complete explanations. So question, what is a Coverdell ESA? Answer, a savings account that is set up to pay the qualified education expenses of a designated beneficiary. So that's the purpose. That's the goal. We're going to set it up to pay. Now, note again, the goal, of course, is tax savings. If we were just going to set up a savings account, we could set up a savings account, any kind of savings account, and we wouldn't need, we could just earmark it as something that we're going to have towards the education. But if we put it into a specific Coverdale ESA, then we have the tax benefit of possibly those earnings then not being taxable at the point in time they're taken out or as they grow. Next item, where can it be established? It can be opened in the United States at any bank or other IRS approved entity that offers Coverdale ESAs. So we obviously when we set one up, we're, we're setting up in essence a savings account, some type of investment account. So if you go to a typical area bank or investment, then we can, uh, those are usually where you want to go and they will likely have information about Coverdale ESAs that we can then look into. Next item, uh, who can have a Coverdale ESA? Any beneficiary who is under age 18 or is a special needs beneficiary. So typically under 18, that's kind of like the, the objective. Usually we would think of it going to like college education oftentimes. So we're putting money in. We're waiting until it waits. So the, the person, the recipient, the student, the potential student in the future is going to be, time will pass. And then of course they take the money out for education. That would be the the idea usually 
And so the qualified would be under 18 and uh, or special needs. Next item, who can contribute to a Coverdale ESA? Generally, and any individual, including beneficiary, whose modified adjusted gross income for the year is less than 110000 or 220000 in the case of joint return. So we've got that uh, income limitation, AGI limitation, the 110 and the 220. If you're married filing joint, higher limitation, single uh, head of household, typically lower limitation. Are distributions tax-free? Yes, if distributions aren't more than the beneficiary's adjusted qualified education expenses for the year. So this includes this is the benefit at the, you know, the distributions from the account. Do we have to pay taxes on those? And the, the goal here is no, we don't have to pay taxes on those. That's going to be kind of the, the point. And, and that's what we're looking to do so that uh, we didn't get a benefit on the front end. But as, as we have the distribution, why, why would it be taxable in any case? Well, because of the earnings on it oftentimes would be taxable. And that's what we're not having being taxable here.